The Yuletide TV podcast is hosted by three college friends trying to find the best Christmas TV episodes ever made. That quest can, at times, be frustrating, which is a nice way of saying that this show contains explicit content. We know that might get us placed on the naughty list, but better us than you. Look, I, I'm just trying to ID a body here. Harvey Milstead, he was dressed as a Santa. You'll have to be more specific. We got a load of Santas in today. We got a Latino Santa, we got a Chinese Santa. Oh yeah, we got a Santa with a really weird ear. <laughs> Think that could be your guy? No, no. You want to see him anyway? Welcome to the Yuletide TV Podcast, where we rate and review Christmas episodes of television to try to find the best for your holiday season, sometimes for your family and sometimes not. I am hosting this episode, my name is Brian, and I'm joined by my co-host, John. I'm John. Ooh, I go, I go first this time. Yeah. Yeah, you're going Ooh. first today. Hello. And Christopher. Hello. Hello. Thank you. How are you guys doing? Chilly. <laughs> it's another great week for podcasting brian you know <laughs> yeah come in big with that come in big with that nfl commentator energy man what's not to be excited about what's not to love teams are gonna collide chris what's got you excited going into this week it's monday it's december 6th what's getting you out of bed well brian to continue with this nfl commentator we got some big opportunities ahead of us this week brian you know if we really just set our minds to it and we get buy-in from each of my co-hosts here i think we can uh, really go the distance you know but it's it's not gonna happen by accident you know it's you gotta not. work hard and uh john you got any any other good cliches we can throw in here yeah you know it's been a it's been a a tough start to the season certainly but, you know, we all take account of that. You know, that's that's where it starts. It starts starts in here with us. You know, we're gonna we've we've thought hard about it. We're 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 gonna push forward, you know. It's uh relax, you know. R E L A X Relax Baby Podcast. You know, as you said, we we had a tough start, but you know what the real winners do? They shake it off. And that's shake what it we're off. gonna yeah. do. We're gonna keep doing it. And that's why off. Taylor Swift is the biggest winner. And we're doing bits, but you know what? The start of this season hasn't been that rough. It's been it's no, been it perfectly hasn't. fine. Yeah. It's been perfect. You know what? You know what? You know great, what? It's been a pretty start. good season. It's been a great yeah, start. Yeah, yeah, it's been a great yeah, start. Yeah. We're gonna continue yeah. it, even though we don't know what we're going into. You know? Because guess what, boys? It's blind pick week. It's a great week. And I almost made a joke relating to this Becker episode, but I didn't. <laughs> You'd be on theme for the episode. I would you be did, on theme for the episode. You did better than I these writers. I didn't yeah. want to take the swing. <laughs> And I think I'm better for it. Yeah, I think the only the only joke I'll accept here is a lot of little dancing man jokes. Cause, yeah, because yeah, Ted Danson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I think that's a good joke to make. I think that's a I think that's a joke Ted Danson can get behind. And uh, thank you. It's from think, a, you know, it's from Tim and Eric. <laughs> <laughs> Was he on Tim and Eric? Yeah. <laughs> All right. A surprise to be sure, but a welcome one. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's been on Tim and Eric, man. Blind Pick Week is exciting because last last year it gave us such gems as Allie McBeal. Classic. Bojack Horseman, uh, which is our most listened to episode ever. Almost 1,200 downloads at this point. And uh, 
of course, who can forget about the two-part Baywatch special? So I, I just, I cannot wait to see what we stumble into, uh, what little gems we'll uncover this week, this year. Oh, uh, imagine liking Baywatch. <laughs> <laughs> no joke. Anytime I need an energy following that week, I throw on the Baywatch theme because it's still a banger. Some people stand in the darkness. I had to sing it more off key so we don't get sued. Def- definitely more of a yeah. banger than today's Seinfeld knockoff theme song. I right? I thought it was I thought it was fine. I liked I liked that it was as show made in two thousand one as possible. I, I really <laughs> like how this is where the deep fried memes originates from because that's clearly what's happening with these transitions. With these overexposed, grainy ass, go to the subreddit deep fried memes. I will. I don't hear clicking on your computer, Chris. You ain't going. Uh, I'm more confirming that this show was made in 2001, and I guess that's right in the middle of the show. So I'll allow it, John. I'll allow it. What uh? What season? What season (laughs) we watch? Two, right? Two, two episode twelve. Yeah, Becker. For those listening at home, so ninety nine. Yeah. You know, along. whatever, dog. Whatever. Right. Same difference. Same difference. Yeah. It's still kind of like that trendy, trendy transition. We're like, we're gonna play with digital effects in our cameras now. Computers, <laughs> neat. Computers. Instagram hasn't been invented yet. This is the only way to get filters. White woman. <laughs> White woman, woman Instagram. Instagram. Oh, it's already a good start to the show. You know who would love a latte Fomart? Becker. No, he wouldn't. I, I don't think he would at all. I've, listen, okay, to those still following us at home, we watch a show called Becker. Becker aired, I think, in 1998 to 2004, I wonder, or 2000-something, somewhere in that area. And it starred Ted Danson as the titular becker a brooklyn doctor and uh never watched it felt like i learned everything i needed to know from this one episode Mm -hmm. of the rest of the season and uh enjoyed it you know not gonna say too much more about final rankings but you know it's fine it's charming love ted dancing if you don't like ted dancing shut the podcast off right now because (laughs) why are you listening to us i feel like we made some jokes last episode about doing things out of order but this is this is just too far brian this is just too far (laughs) can't handle this all right fine would you guys like to hear a recap of the episode for those uh, who maybe didn't uh, end up watching it yeah what episode was it it was (laughs) i can't remember the santa on ice it was santa on ice season two episode 12 of becker and here's a little bit of what happened. It's Christmas time in New York City, and Becker doesn't have any plans or parties to go to by choice. Reg goes downtown for a Christmas tree per tradition and for her party. A Santa figure comes into Becker's private practice and promptly dies. And after a mix-up at the morgue, Becker has to go down and identify Santa's body, causing Becker to not want to be alone on Christmas anymore. Becker shows up to Reg's party at the last minute as everybody's leaving, and Reg feels a little bad for him and wants him to not feel alone and drops off her mutilated Christmas tree for a delighted Becker. And that's a Becker Christmas. Then he dies. 
Hey. <laughs> <laughs> he almost does. He, he almost gets burns down he his apartment. Walking. He ain't walking away from that one, Chief. <laughs> no, no. I'm surprised that tree did not catch fire faster. <laughs> and uh, what'd you guys think? Initial thoughts. Like, how'd you how'd you feel about the episode? I think I liked it more than average because it is reflective of the television I grew up watching. So it felt comforting. <laughs> I think I liked it less than average because growing up, I was always like, who's watching this show? <laughs> and watching it as an adult, I'm like, why did this show last for six seasons? <laughs> I, I had the thought while I was watching it. Whereas, who's got this box set DVD sitting somewhere on the shelf? Yeah, when you text that to the group chat. is it prominent or is it tucked? Yeah, or is it is it prominent somewhere in the home, right next to maybe a season of Friends, or is it buried in the DVD collection somewhere in the basement? No one prominently displays their DVDs except for Chris, and even then, he tucks them into a corner room. Sometimes a hidden closet. Yeah. Sometimes. Sometimes. No one likes DVDs anymore. I feel like I watched a lot of Becker, and it was like in syndication on one of the local channels where I was. Yeah, I agree. I just could never be bothered. As, As a kid who did not have cable and watched whatever he could, I just could never be bothered to watch Becker. Yeah, I rem- I I remember it existed. I didn't remember anything more than that. And in watching it now, it is perfectly mediocre, which is why I think we've got some people like John who it struck on maybe the more than average size, and people like Chris who feel like it's slightly below average. Like that's okay, and I think it's just like straight down the middle. The only reason I enjoyed it so much is because I find Ted Danson's voice soothing. Oh, he has a tremendous voice. Tremendous. Tremendous voice. I don't particularly like the character of Becker, though. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's kind of what Ted Danson thrives on, though, is, like, playing a kind of unlikable character and, like, finding his little charm. This is such a weird, like, point in his career because it's it's post-Cheers and he clearly did not want to do Sam Malone again. And so he plays this kind of like more muted, unlikable character. And it's before we get him in the like late aughts to now where he embraces the fact that his hair has gone white and he becomes this kind of devilish, charming silver fox character that we see in Bored to Death and... The Good Place, place. Mm -hmm. and I've not seen him much in Curb Your Enthusiasm because that is not a show I watch, but uh, my understanding is he often appears there as well. And his wife, and he's just fun. Yeah, he's he's too good for the show. He deserves better than the show, but... uh... (laughs) So this show was created by uh, Dave Hackle. Uh, who's also executive producer. You know what Dave Hackle went on to create after this? Do you tell? Nothing. <laughs> Just nothing. Well, as long as we're doing a lot of uh, a lot of Wikipedia stuff, I'm going to jump in with my new segment called Better Know Some Beckers. 
because when I was researching the show, I just typed in Becker and it took me to a long list of all the people who have Becker as their last name. And there are some interesting people that I thought I'd share with you guys. The last name Becker encompasses a wide range of notable people, including athletes, politicians, actors, singers, doctors, artists, and World War I ace fighter pilots. Mm. Okay, so I got I got four Beckers here. If I could, I would turn this... Well, I'll turn this into a little uh, trivia game. Okay. William W. Becker is the co-founder of what budget motel chain? Motel 8. I'm going to go with Super 8. Well, Hotel John six. is John is closer. Yeah, John is closer. Motel, Motel Six. We are looking for. Motel I can't six. remember which one is Motel and which one is Hotel. There's yeah, it's there ho- is no hotels. It's Motel there, Six, Hotel Eight. I think it's right? well, it's Super Super Eight or I don't know. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> All right, there is Sherburne M. Becker, who is the forty-first mayor of this city and was known as the boy mayor after being elected at age 29. Is it New York because it's a city because the city in Becker is its own character. Uh, and right. it would be the own character in our lives. Hold on a second. I'm going to say it is I'm sorry, did you say a capital or just a city? It's just a a notable city. A notable city that I'm going to say Rockford, Illinois. Mount P- God, I hope not. <laughs> Brian is Brian is closer. It would be Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Hey, he's responsible for that dog shit flag, probably. <laughs> Let's blame a child. All right, he's, we got we got you're younger than us. We got two more. One of which I'm not sure I'm going to turn into a fun trivia question, but this one: Ruth Becker was the survivor of what notable tragedy? The Titanic. Titanic is yeah. correct. I was going to say the finale of Lost. <laughs> <laughs> ah, endings we don't like. Whoa. We all survived ga- the Game of Thrones. Save it for the end of this season of the podcast. Is there a Christmas episode of Game of Thrones? Yeah. Yeah, there is. Sadly. Sadly, no. Uh, all right. The last the last Becker we're going to learn about is Charles Becker, who was the first person in the U.S. in this profession that was executed for murder. Hand puppetry. <laughs> no. Sausage <laughs> manufacturing. His defense was the puppet did it. No, no. Uh, and neither guess is close. It is the first... Charles Becker was the first U.S. police officer executed for murder. Holy and shit. the last. And what year did that happen? Topic, it was like 1915. I mean, honest, <laughs> honest to God. Uh, hold on, Charles Becker. Yeah, 1915. Yeah, yeah, that's about right. So, top, topical, right? Uh, That adds up. The math here adds up. (laughs) So now we, now we, now we know some more about some Beckers. Hold on, Uh, it's like I want to hear more about this cop. What city was this in? uh, I believe it was New York. Let's, let's find out. Sure. New York. Yeah, New York. New York. New York City Police Department. Uh, executed for the first degree murder of Manhattan gambler. Herman Rosenthal in 1912 near Times Square. Oh, he's dirty. It's a dirty cop. Wow, that took a while for it to come around. Yeah. Did you say 1950 or 1915? 15. Oh, well, that took less time to come around. <laughs> I'm not going to read through his entire Wikipedia page, but here are the, head- the headers. Early life, marriage and family, reform movement, 
criminal activities, mm. arrest, trial, and execution, controversy. You do a really great job of making these sound like Jeopardy categories. Right. Well, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. You've played trivia with me, right? Arrest, trial, and execution, and controversy, and in popular culture. Mm. <laughs> He's actually who Becker's based on. That's where they took the Ooh. last name. So I guess to re-rail us back on track here. Uh, brief intermission. <laughs> yeah, brief intermission. Chris made an interesting point when we were warming up that the show would be better if it was like made now. And it was like probably on a different, like instead of being a traditional sitcom, getting room to breathe as maybe not like a prestige drama, but just having like an hour. And then also not having... Yeah five minutes of your 22 minutes be wasted on blind guy jokes <laughs> because like because like i do think this episode has like a heart to it i think yeah it has a heart there's i mean they could have also made what was his name bobby they could have made bobby way creepier that was more common in the 90s too <laughs> you know what i mean like they could have made him like really kind of greasy whenever i watch something from 90s media what I'm always struck by is like, boy, did we hate women. God, did we hate women in the 90s. <laughs> like, just, just I mean, so much. <laughs> yeah, I mean, some would argue we still do today, John. <laughs> yeah, and we, oh, we, we still, we still are shitty to women. But yeah. it's better than it was in the 90s. It was so fucking bad. <laughs> like... Oof. Real quick, though, I did really enjoy that one image of Reg trying to take her Christmas tree down the subway stairs, only to be pushed back up by a mob. <laughs> that <laughs> oh, was that's just New York that for you, Brian. Gag. That was a nice little gag. I like that sequence. I think they could have done a better job showing the tree in it, like, d- gradually diminishing. It was like she got the tree and it was full, and then the next scene it was like, uh-oh. Like, th- and then it kind of just looked the rest of that until she actually got to the diner and it was a little more ragged i would have liked a little bit more too of her trying to decorate it yeah Mm. sure you know that would have set up better for the ending where she gives it to becker i'm gonna i'm gonna hit you with a hot take none this show has too many characters and that is why we get none of the stuff (laughs) this show needs three of those characters Maybe four. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, four, probably four would be the uppermost limit. And instead we had six. Becker. Becker Administrative assist- assistant. The nurse, or like nurse? whatever she is. Nurse. Nurse adjacent. Yeah. Medical practitioner. Ross. Yep. Or not Ross, what's her name? Reg. Reg. Is she Reg or is. Yeah, she's Reg. Coffee shop lady. Yeah. yeah, blind guy who is, exists only to get dunked on. I don't Bobby, think we need him. Who doesn't need? No, we, no, we don't need. If you're not gonna, if you're not gonna treat your character with like an interesting backstory with any dignity, you don't deserve to have them. So you don't get to have them. He's gone. You get rid of Bobby. We're taking him away from you. Yeah, you yeah. get rid of Bobby. You get Bobby doesn't need to exist. Not funny. Adds nothing. You just you roll with Reg because she is essential for feeling the only person who feels right. bad for Becker. Mm-hmm. Uh, the... She had a heart. She had very little to do it seems. <laughs> Aside I think she... from getting like shit on as she's trying to take her tree home. My memory of this show is almost like down. To, it is down to one scene, probably because my life exists to taunt me, 
and it's about where she's like her character is like she's going to college and i think she like owns that coffee shop or like her family owns it or something and then she graduates and she gets a psych degree and everyone makes fun of her for getting a psych degree and tells her she'll never get a job and then you know what i grew up to have a psych degree oh boy (laughs) (laughs) and john (laughs) no i won't ask that never mind no you can't (laughs) and now here i am struggling to find work (laughs) (laughs) i'm just like trying to read through my notes to try and find something else to talk about and i just right like it's it's a very i will say it's a very christmasy episode the christmas is front and center in it we get a joseph we get a santa we get we get decorations we get a party we get some secret santa gift giving and i will say that that the culmination of that b plot i thought was nice if yeah. a little over the top but the but the the shawl for the for the clock mm. i thought was was somewhat funny that character worked for me really well like the person they just kind of like dump dunk on for being young i guess and then it's like actually she cares the most <laughs> she puts in great effort yeah i mean that's a that's that is a good way to say it i do i do think like this show was weird in how long it wanted to keep going with jokes yeah like so we've we've mentioned the re, the multiple jokes at the expense of the blind character which is a, a wild thing to stake most of what I guess I would call your most obvious comedic bits on. But the part where he keeps trying to turn on the lights, mm-hmm. like that seemed to go on forever. That could have been cut pr- pretty quickly. And then the exchange between Becker and the, uh, the, the character, the aide character, not, not the, uh, not the front desk worker, but the girl who assists him where he's, keeps going ironic i'm just like "Uh uh-huh yep yeah and it's like i kind of thought that was fun when did ironic come out (laughs) the song alanis morissette i wrote down here right are we gonna are we gonna bust out alanis morissette jokes and we're not it doesn't sound like it sounds like (laughs) we're just gonna do so that song by the release of this episode is is four years old and i understand as a person who is alive in 1996 and actually owned that CD, I understand that that song was relatively unavoidable. But, like, I do not think in the year 2000 <laughs> that nothing, that so little had happened that we needed to be, like, w- ten minutes of this episode should be devoted to ironic. Ironic. <laughs> I think two two of my favorite scenes in this show, specifically, were the really quick clip of when they show dead santa with a kid on his lap (laughs) and the kid very deadpan going i'm hoping for a fire truck and i also want a super soaker (laughs) (laughs) and then that whole the whole time at the morgue i thought was really good too yeah the morgue worked really well and i think that's like kind of like the only important scene in the show i think like the gift exchange i guess uh, but, the gift exchange in the morgue, yeah, because the morgue yeah. is where he had his revelation. He doesn't want to be alone on Christmas. Yeah. I also like that he wasn't trying to go like Michael Scott with it either. When he gets back to the party, he goes, no, we all got to spend time together and like make this about me and my insecurities right now. It was just nice. I thought the episode flowed really well. Yes. You know, the B plots weren't really taken yeah, away from anything. It was just kind of smooth, average. I'm going to fall asleep to this sitcom. Yeah, it was a 
it was um, the most sitcom-y sitcom we've watched in a minute. <laughs> it is what we remember sitcoms from our youth being. It is as Roseanne as possible. Ooh. <laughs> it is just... It's, I mean, it's definitely not Roseanne, but... <laughs> it, is a formula, it is a formulaic sitcom from the late 90s and early 2000s. Where, I don't know, we're kind of, like, obsessed with nothing happens. <laughs> Every episode, nothing happens. Every every show is Seinfeld or Friends. Yeah. I mean, I, this this show probably is, in a way, like, most closely related to Frasier to a degree. Sure. Like, because you have a central character surrounded by a supporting cast as opposed to the more ensemble pieces that you just mentioned and yeah. what Ted Danson came from at Cheers, even even if he was the central character there. It wasn't, it wasn't Sam Malone. It was Cheers, you know. And this is Becker. It is Becker, because it is Ted Danson. If I were to rewrite this today, I would, like we were talking about, take the core ensemble surrounding Ted Danson and really, you know, lower that number. But I would want to make more kind of people to talk to in the diner for him. You know, because he had that one guy sitting next to him talking about the lasagna or whatever the dish was that Bobby made, right? And it's kind of like, I like that. I don't feel like you see that ever where, you know, random people kind of become these mini characters like they would if you were actually in line for like a movie or something. And you start striking up a conversation about, I don't know, Marvel. I remember talking with people in line at the Dark Knight Rises premiere, you know, stuff like that, where they don't have any more of a role throughout the rest of the season. It's just people you meet. And if New York's going to be your character, <laughs> then have more characters from New York. Yeah. I, know. I want to know more. You snuck up and pounced on me with that one. <laughs> you know, that's uh, uh, I think what they maybe miss with Becker is uh, it's a story that could really only happen in New York, and I never really <laughs> feel feel Put the New York in Kansas of it. City. Do you think Becker would live in Kansas City? I'm sure a lot of miserable people lived in 2000 Kansas City. <laughs> it certainly <laughs> seems like a diner that could only exist in Kansas City because I mm-hmm. felt mm-hmm. claustrophobic just watching people be inside of there. Like why someone thought that was the right way to set up that set for that i just i felt squished just watching like i needed to tuck my elbows in to watch any scene in the diner i feel like being from where like we grew up even our large cities don't have hyper compressed buildings very much so like but like and when you're in like like milwaukee doesn't have like hyper compressed buildings it has it's like a large place but it still has places to breathe i haven't really explored minneapolis that much but i assume it's relatively similar but like yeah like when i've been to like other like actual well not actual their cities too but it's like when i've been to large cities and you go into a building you're like what the fuck is this place (laughs) like why like why is this like exist only to hold a line and then turn you around (laughs) <laughs> so like i don't know diner adds up seems like it could be in new york maybe yeah. it could be in san antonio who knows is that what are we gonna have a theme next year where it's just new york is the character <laughs> you know i mean i all of these all of these years we've spent looking for someone to replace america's former sweetheart jeremy renner <laughs> and it turned out it took the most magical city to to replace one man yes new york yes indeed mm-hmm. In what form would you like to see modern Becker? Would it be 
would it be like an office formatted show? Like, would it be like a, would you hit the classic mockumentary button on it? Would you go like a prestige comedy on it? Would you go prestige drama? I would do it more of a dramedy. I would not, as Brian suggested earlier, make it an hour. I would keep it to around 30 minutes. I would not have it be shot in, I believe, what they call the three-camera sitcom format. format. Mm -hmm. I probably would remove the diner. I mean, maybe keep the diner. I don't know. Like, I would... I would keep Jake the blind character and treat him with more dignity, like and actually, like as opposed yeah. to a comedy prop. Uh, as yeah, the if, show he, does. If, he, if he had something to do, it wouldn't be that bad. But he does nothing. He just yeah. gets made and, fun of. And that's and maybe that's just this episode. Like maybe there are other episodes where they handle this better, and they were just like, ah, shit, Christmas episode. Everyone's got to have a part to play. And th- sorry, you drew the short straw, Jake. Like. You trim down the cast or you build it up better. I mean, again, I think you, you use Ted Lasso as a format. You you bring him in as an outsider into a, a, a space that he is uncomfortable yet still confident in. And uh, you surround him by people that are, you know, either more competent or handle life in a different way than he does and uh you just tell some great stories then you just tell you tell you go out there and you tell stories and you mm-hmm. serial up oh, and you serialize the show that's gonna be unhearable because i slap my microphone around <laughs> like life slaps around dr john becker yep oh no and that i think that's part of like the show bio hold on a second let me pull that up real quick becker is about John Becker going through his daily routine of being a doctor, all while hating life and everything around him. I hate that description because what does the dude have to be hateful about? He owns his own practice. He probably owns his own place. Like, oh no, he's lonely. He's a successful older white male. Like, what the fuck more does he want? He has depression and poor social skills. I guess. I I don't know that I would consider that poor social skills. If anything, I think... I think Becker was like the straight man in a kooky world. You know what I mean? Like everything was kind of wild around him. And he was just the one, you know, being kind of deadpan and keeping it grounded. Being the only one. Rec- yeah. Keeping it grounded. You know, the only person to realize, oh, everything around me is kind of crazy. I don't think his behavior is normal. I do not think he is the, the straight character. I think Reg is probably the straight character. And then like. The uh, the blind guy I think has has many of the tropey magical moments you see from that character throughout the show, if my memory serves. Where he'll be like, "Oh, Becker, you know, like you shouldn't be such a fucking dick." And then he's like, "I'm gonna be a dick. I'm gonna be a fucking dick." <laughs> he's he's the Wilson. He's 100 percent the Wilson. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gotcha. Becker is like not like I fucking don't love Christmas, but I don't just skip it. And like, try to hide from everybody. <laughs> like, you have to participate in society. You cannot hide from society. Yeah, this you is can a try, society. It's just not going to be comfortable. <laughs> this, we live. We live in a, live society. In a society. And then you make pencils disappear. Say it with us now. And that's the thing about living in a society. There's going to be carnage. You know, <laughs> I, before we wrap up, I do want to give a shout out to the surprise all star of this whole affair which is pluto tv yeah yeah an unexpected streaming adventure that we went on but worked great 
and uh, you know, minimal ads. Brian, I know you got some interesting ones. Mine were all for ESPN. Yeah. Uh, so what? This is bullshit. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't know what, I don't know what's going <laughs> on know. in your cookies, but I don't know either because all I got was an Amy Schumer uh, tampon ad. Uh, probably because I think it goes off like, like your entire net footprint. And Brian's a big wife guy. Big wife guy. He's a big wife guy. I'm the only one that uses ad blocker in our household. I got this neat little thing set up. I got to recalibrate. It's right here. This blocks all the ads. And April doesn't like it because it doesn't get to all of her websites like she wants to. Even though she can't. She's got to click around things. (sighs) When I am at Autumn's, the ads I get are truly, truly mentally devastating. So. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I used to use my sister's Hulu, and, I mean, every single ad on the Hulu was for the birth control you put in your arm. Like, that's <laughs> that's literally every ad I, that, that I ever got on Yeah, that. we get a lot of those. We get a lot of yeah. those guys. A lot of de-aging moisturizers. Mm-hmm. And which concerned me, because I'm like, am I... You know, like it, it, they, it happened as I was crossing thirty, so I was like, "Oh, oh no!" <laughs> Get rid of these crow's feet. Hmm. Yeah. Do I do I need Botox and lip injections? The Maybe. absolute answer is no. Fuck you, Brian. Let me be hot. Let me be hot. <laughs> <laughs> Careful, Icarus. <laughs> yeah, it's All true. Right. You guys want to do some ratings? Yes. Yeah. Cool. Do we? For the viewers who maybe have never heard us before, we're either going to give this, make this a Christmas classic, a pair of socks, or a lump of coal. Chris, do you want to take us out? Oh, I don't know that you want me to start. <laughs> I'll, I'll start, because I'm still kind of positive. I had, like, I'm very close to classic on it. I think it the good outweighs a lot of the ableism bad. Well, it doesn't outweigh it, because that's pretty hard to outweigh. But, like, the morgue scene's really good. <laughs> it's a really well-acted scene for a sitcom from the from 2000. Like, it's just a, it's a good scene. It's fun to watch. But it's, like, not quite there, because cause the, the fucking blind guy jokes and Bobby fucking suck. <laughs> so, <laughs> you yeah. just can't, can't get it there. It's, uh, it's some socks. They're socks you'd wear to a doctor's office. Maybe with the New York skyline on them. <laughs> Chris. Okay, so uh, this is going to seem harsh, but this is a lump of coal. Brian, you kind of hit on it earlier. You're like, it's right down the middle. You could fall asleep to it. And, like, that's my problem with it. Is like, there is nothing exciting or really that interesting about this episode. <laughs> Like, it is aggressively average. And, like, that's just my biggest problem with it is just, like, it's boring. Like, I was bored watching this. And, like, in a fairly inoffensive way outside of the offensive things that we've already mentioned. But it just, it did it did very, very little for me. So I would not even elevate it to the realm of socks in terms of a mild recommendation. Because I just, I you can just, you can just skip it. Like, you can just totally skip it. You're going to do this to America's grandfather, Ted Danson. Ted Danson. There's so Wait, much better Ted Danson content out there. 
<laughs> Cheers is... Listen, I'm going to hit you with something you don't like. Cheers is ass. Cheers doesn't hold up. <laughs> I, I, I have tried to get into Cheers because there are so many entertainment reporters I follow on Twitter that are like, yeah, Cheers is like how all these kids watch The Office and for me like i just go back and that's like comfort food and i've i have tried watching cheers and like you i can't get into it i just cannot it is the most boring show it's yeah it's (laughs) i i like i i understand the individual appeal of characters and i can understand how at the time it worked but i don't think it works today so there's a review it, of Cheers. Chris, the only part I like cheers, is that Woody Harrelson's a heartthrob in Cheers, and I think yeah. that's really funny. Well, I mean, yeah. so is Ted Danson, for that matter. Which just hell yeah, he so. is. still is. Oh man, the carnage amongst women between those two men alone. <laughs> Gross. Weird. Weird that all the clients were men. It's a weird way to describe it's weird, things. It's it's a, yeah. I'm just trying to slip in the Venom too. I saw a really funny tweet that was like Woody Harrelson walked into Nancy Pelosi's office and everyone, cause like, it was like, he must've, I don't know. He's a politically active dude in terms of the environment and stuff. And just everyone immediately commenting and there's going to be carnage. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. He's ruined the last part of his career. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think so. I think, Woody Harrelson won't ruin the last part of his career until he makes a movie when he's an old-ass dude and everybody thinks he's going to die tomorrow. When that movie comes out and it's bad, I'll believe it. But I feel like Woody Harrelson always comes out with something, with some kind of a regular rhythm. It could be every two years. It could be like the fifth year. It could be the third moon of the equinox. Who the fuck knows? But there's always something coming out on the horizon with Woody Harrelson that's worth watching. Wait till old men can't jump. <laughs> that would be an amazing sequel. <laughs> they just could get roadhoused by 50 every game. Wesley Snipes who's very clearly never touched a basketball in his life. Oh man. <laughs> I'm gonna wrap this up by saying it's also a pair of socks. I find it charming and some level uh, in some areas and not charming in others and boring like chris said but you know if i if i'm home alone and i'm just kind of like oh my wife's gone what am i gonna watch as i'm putting together this christmas meal i might throw a pecker on if it's on an ad-free platform that it's very easy to use yeah <laughs> yes. no log no logins necessary you just fire it up and it goes again pluto tremendous awesome just now, I, I will say I was trying to use it on my iPad, and I was having a little trouble navigating, so I hit Watch Live, and you know what it started playing? Samuel L. Jackson Shaft. Hell yeah. And I'm like, great. Just picked yeah. right up in the middle of it. It's yeah. great. Not unhappy about that. That movie is probably pretty bad, but that's fine. Can't be good. Yeah. I mean, it's. I didn't stick around and watch it because I had Becker to watch. But I'm like, you know what? If this is what you're throwing at me, if I'm just popping onto here, not mad at it. It's like old school days for us when you'd be like, it'd be a Saturday afternoon, and you would be done with your activity for the day, and you kind of have some downtime before evening. And you just turn on TNT. What's on TNT this afternoon? Could be something fun. Could be something boring. We're gonna put it on anyway. You know, the amount of movies I know from that, that children never will. Ugh. Like The Postman. Fifth Element. It's it's very weird 
what is on TV. Like, because when I was growing up, it, it's weird the movies I discovered growing up because of syndicated TV. Like, Air Force One, Con Air, on all the time. Wet Hot American <laughs> yeah. Summer. I saw that. That was, like, just on my local stations on a Saturday afternoon as filler content. But it, they ran it all the time. And now it's, like, every time I go home and my parents only watch cable TV, everything that's on is We're the Millers. It's just We're the Millers. <laughs> Comedy Central, We're the Millers. CMTV, We're the Millers. USA, Ugh. We're the Millers. It's on everywhere. And, like, that movie's pretty funny. But I, like, and I'm like, I guess everyone just sits down and watches this movie when they stumble across it when they're channel surfing. I tried to watch We Are the Millers relatively recently, and I have never believed anyone sold drugs less than Jason Sudeikis. Yeah, that's a tough sell. <laughs> really? Or at least not in the um, way that he did. Well, it's just like, to like, move Jason Sudeikis to be that character, what they did was they put him in stupid t-shirts and gave him shaggy hair, and they're like, this guy sells weed. And then, first of all, that hits a, pro- a plot problem in the modern world because weed is mostly legal. Well, yeah, he's yes. selling weed in Colorado, no less. Yeah. <laughs> that guy's about in to go places. bankrupt. <laughs> yeah, right. He could be out of a job. Ed Helms is delightful in We Are the Millers. I'll give him that. He's the bad guy, right? Yeah. You want to know my dream Jason Sudeikis casting? And I may have shared this before, but I have I have a dream role for Jason Sudeikis. Share it again, baby. Bond villain. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Yes. He would be a fantastic, maniacal Bond villain. He would just be laughing his way through the whole He'd he'd be he'd be the type of villain that's like, James, I love ya. Yes, you're doing the thing. Can't like, wait to kill you. Yeah. John, take it away. You got the next pick. Which one is it? Well, Brian, the episode is out there. Because we're watching X-Files, How the Ghost Stole Christmas. Get ready for a weird energy. Because that's what I do. Truth is, this podcast is out there. On all streaming platforms, you should like, <laughs> review, subscribe. The tr- and the truth is, we deserve five stars, baby. We do deserve five stars. I'm going to come out and say it right now. We've worked our asses off putting this together for you. And uh, we want a little something for the effort, you know? Every time I do this podcast, my girlfriend sends me a text that says, Again? And I go, yes. <laughs> Prove to her it's worth it. Or she'll start mm-hmm. collaborating with my mom, and I won't mm-hmm. have a Christmas. Mm-hmm. I keep getting messages from April going, your child's going to hear that one day. (laughs) I hope so. I'm just happy we return to the classic format of the last 10. The last 10. (laughs) The last last couple have had a a good couple last 10s. Yeah, they have. We've got too professional. I'm glad we've gotten back to our roots. My wife has shot me a text. She says, the baby says to shut it. (laughs) (laughs) I think we got to wrap this one up, boys. Well, you already did all the stuff, so I'm not going to do it Sweet. again. Uh, here's something, a parting thought. Uh, as we were saying, the boys, a lot of podcasts use the boys, and we're sure as hell not going to start calling ourselves the elves or some shit like that. So, uh, and, and that's, <laughs> that was and, and that's, and that's yeah. no disrespect to the other Christmas podcasts out there that are, but you no, guys, I just, that is, for you me guys, is. you guys already own that space. We're not going to encroach on it. So if you got any like 
good, clever names for the three of us as shorthand, so we don't need to always say Chris, Brian, and John, and we don't need to default to the boys. Let us know. The baddest boys in Christmas podcast. I think he's trying to avoid having boys in the title. The baddest, the the baddest, non... Short, concise, one, one, the, the... (laughs) something <laughs> i was hey. gonna pre- i was gonna abbreviate it but do not abbreviate baddest boys in christmas it's me the dentist elf <laughs> and we're coming to you live from misfit island no that didn't work that doesn't play at all <laughs> no it doesn't play but yeah we'll be back in two days x files john's in the driver's seat great job brian until then i've been chris i've been brian still john hey thanks for listening what about the fathers we're not there yet we can't be the fathers yet we can't okay fine the christmas ghost okay (laughs) i hope you fade out right here it's it's a hard space because we are the boys but yes barstool sports has ruined the boys for every human in the world i I think the boys is ruined by the creation of men (laughs) Ooh, ooh, ooh. the men the men men the (laughs) baddest men in christmas podcasting Oh man. Men, men, men. We'll think about manly it. Men, 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 manly men, men, men. We're glad you're still alive. I never even said we're glad you're still alive. Wow. I have never been more glad you're still alive. Get your shots. Don't take horse paste. Sleigh Bell Sounds provided by Michael Koenig from SoundBible.com and Joy to the World provided by FreeXmasMP3.com.